Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. thankful that you're in church this morning. Amen. I'm glad to be in this house and I always want to say I'm also thankful to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. In his presence there's fullness of joy. In his presence the Lord can minister to whatever need we may have. Doesn't doesn't have to be in any particular part of the service. He's not waiting for any cues from us. We just need to wait for some cues from him. And let him move and speak to our heart. You can be seated. It's a joy to be in the house of the Lord and to be with you in the house of the Lord. We're honored to have Brother and Sister Feld with us today. And uh, one of them will be preaching in our second service. I don't know if they have decided. I think they were talking and missed that. But anyway, uh, we're going we're gonna to look forward to whoever draws the short straw. Amen. And... Uh, and uh, we're looking forward to that. I appreciate the word of the Lord. Amen. He is, word is true. It is everlasting. It endureth to all generations. Amen. I'm thankful for that. I'm glad that it didn't play out and get weaker through time. Or I may have missed what the apostles experienced. But because it is an enduring word, it is yet as fresh for you and I today as it has ever been. And so I'm thankful for the word of God. That word will change and can change our heart and our lives today. I'm going to speak for just a few moments and we're going to give respect to our guest speaker and leave them plenty of time in in our second service. I don't want them to feel crowded at all. Amen. I feel like the Lord has already given him something to preach to us and I'm excited about that. The book of Deuteronomy, if you'll just join me there in Deuteronomy 30, and uh, we're going to begin reading at verse 11. Read several uh, scriptures here. And just want to leave something with you in passing that is really something that we should be conscious of every day, every day. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 30 and 11, For this commandment which I command thee this day is not hidden from thee, Neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee. Now that's a wonderful promise. The word is very nigh unto thee. We want to send somebody after it to bring it back. The word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. So we can do it. We can. We really can. I've, I've met so many people through the years that have just said, I just can't do this. 
I just can't do this. But it really is accessible. The power and the presence of the Lord will touch us and lead and guide us into all truth. His word declares that. And then verse 15, here's, here's where we come to these day-to-days. He said, See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil, and that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whether thou goest to possess it. Verse 17 says, But if thine heart turn away, so that thou will not hear, but shall be drawn away, and worship other gods, and serve them, I denounce unto you this day, that ye shall surely perish, and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land, whether thou passest over Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth, this is pretty powerful, straightforward speech, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him for. He is thy life and the length of days of thy days that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. I know that's quite a lengthy reading today in, in some regard, but it is important to understand how specific God, God was trying to be to speak into our hearts to say you have before you us, before you all a choice to make. And so if I could take for a thought for a few moments, I would just title this today, A Choice, A Choice We All Have to Make. I have to decide, what am I going to do today? I don't want to make that sound as though that was a conversation that went on in my head and heart this morning as I was shaving, what are you going to do today? I'm I'm saying that at some point in my life, I had to make a decision this morning, that decision was so natural it didn't even it didn't even register on the radar. It was it was Sunday, and 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 so I got up with church on my mind because I made that decision a long time ago. And so I would say these are choices that we all have to make. We have to decide: Am I going to do good or am I going to do evil? Am I going to live for God or am I going to live for the devil? And ultimately, in those decisions, we are deciding this. Am I going to heaven or am I going to hell? Amen. That's just the bottom, the very, very bottom line. If we boil it all down to the crux of the matter, that is it. We are on our way to spend eternity somewhere, somewhere. Amen. The flesh, is, the flesh will die and it will be buried and, and it will, according to Scripture, from dust return to dust. So I'm not talking about your flesh today, but I'm talking about a soul of man that's going to spend eternity somewhere. The book of Deuteronomy, if we were to back up a couple of chapters from our text today, if you have ever read, perhaps some of you have read the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you begin reading that, verses 1 through 14 records all the blessings that will come upon us if we obey the word of the Lord. And it's just, it's just verse after verse after verse after verse 
of the blessings if we will obey the word of God. However, the complexion of all of this chapter and message changes in verse 15 because in verses 15 through verse 68 records all the deplorable things that will come upon the children of Israel if they would not obey the word of God. Because see, we think today somehow our our society has woven into the fabric of our heart that we can just take it or leave it. It doesn't really matter and that we can just strike some happy medium and everything will be all right in the end. But that's just not how it works. That's not how life functions, not even how the government of our nation, the governments of the world even function. There is a right and there is a wrong. Amen. And so when you pass by uh, these large facilities with high fences around them, uh, that's, that's, that, is, that is a clear, defined message to one and all. This is what happens if you try to live outside the boundary of what has been instituted as right. And there is a right, there is a, a wrong. So we have 15 verses of blessings that we obey the word of the Lord and then 54 verses of cursings if we do not obey the Lord. If his hand were to be lifted from us, what uh, an unthinkable thing to not have the hand of God, the blessing of the Lord upon our lives. You know, I, I often think about Nehemiah when I pray, when Nehemiah approached the people about rebuilding the wall, there were some things that he kind of laid out there as foundational statements to validate uh, the cause that was before them and to validate his ability to be involved in that cause. And he says something like this. It's not a statement of arrogance, a statement of confidence when he said, the hand of my God is strong upon me. What, a, what an incredible thing to be able to live your life in such a fashion that you could make that announcement. You can be sure that the hand of my God is strong upon me. And Jabez in his prayer prayed that the Lord would touch him, the Lord would bless him, that the Lord would enlarge his coast, that the Lord would preserve him from the evil of this present world. And so I don't think it's wrong to pray and ask the Lord to have his hand upon our lives. Now with that comes some responsibility. I gotta, if we're gonna be blessed of the Lord, we gotta live a life he can bless, of course. Amen. And so... In our text, Deuteronomy 30, Moses is essentially admonishing Israel to choose life over death. That just seems like, it would just seem like that would be the most easy decision in the world to make. If I could just be transparent here for just a moment in this statement, I've often thought about how difficult sometimes it is just to get people to live right. And to do right. I'm just speaking from a pastor's heart today. Don't, don't throw anything at me but sometimes I look and I think it just doesn't seem like it would be this difficult to talk people into going to heaven it just doesn't seem like it should be this difficult to get people to avoid going to hell but sometimes despite how clearly you may point the way of right or righteousness and contrast that against the way of evil and unrighteousness it just seems like people have such a difficult time sometimes making those decisions. So I say, dear Lord, help us today, amen, to understand that just like Moses in his day, today we are, we are trying to admonish people to choose life over death. Amen, I say live. To be clear, the life that Moses was speaking about was bound up 
in their obedience to the holy word of God. And our life is bound in that same in that same equation this morning. What am I going to do about the word of God? To he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. To him it be comes a sin. That is the person that is going to be charged once we have had the light of God's word shine in any measure in our life. I become responsible for that very word. And so I would tell you today just by way of reminder that every time we come to church, this is far more than a social gathering, although we will socialize. It's just far more than just a moment of fellowship, although we will intend to do some fellowship and some of that has already taken place prior to our service. But I'm gonna tell you that when the word of the Lord goes forth, that word is not here to just entertain us. I'm not standing here today to try to wow you or woo you with some oratory ability. I don't possess that, but I'm telling you that the word of God will draw us closer to him or the word of God will push us further from him because we are accountable to the word. I'm accountable. I am accountable to the word. And so he explains that there are two choices, life and death, good and evil, blessings, cursings. And so if we do not do the good and it will be, if we do the good, it's going to be life to our soul. Amen. That's going to put life in us and breath in our spirit. Not good according to man. I'm not talking about baking apple pies and cutting somebody's grass and things. I'm talking about obeying the word of God. Not just good within our own ability, our own strengths, our own talent, but good according to the word of God. But he said, if you do evil, that's going to bring death to your soul. Life is needed. He said that you may dwell in the land that was promised to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We need this life because there is a promise on the line. But this promise is not just going to be handed to anyone. It's going to take some things. And so if Israel didn't choose life, they were not going to inherit the promised land. Amen. We know there was an element of the children of Israel that did not inherit that because they did not obey the word of God. And so Deuteronomy is not just words that were written willy-nilly and they're not vaporized somewhere, but they're eternally true until this very hour. A vast difference between being and living. I've got to, I've got to live this out. And so this theme or the rule of life would follow Israel, especially spiritual Israel throughout the word of God. Actually, it's bound up in his nature and in his word. God's wisdom that was expressed many times through various writers, but certainly from the pen and parchment of Solomon. Amen. Solomon writes in Proverbs eleven nineteen, as righteousness tendeth to life, So he that pursueth evil pursueth it to his own death. That's in the book. We didn't get together this morning or in a committee this week and write that. That was in this book when I woke up this morning and it will be there when we go to sleep tonight. Just like righteousness tends to life. Amen. So he that pursueth evil, when you pursue evil, you are pursuing it to your own death, spiritually perhaps even physically. In the way of righteousness, Proverbs 12 and 28 says, in the way of righteousness is life and in the pathway thereof is no death. 13 and 14, the scripture says, the law is, the law of the wise rather is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. And so here we find this methodical teaching, this methodical reaching of scripture. The wisdom of Proverbs shows us that Life is in good choices and death is in the opposite of that. In just these few verses, we see the blessings and the cursings of the Lord. 
We see the way of righteousness, the law of wisdom, the fear of the Lord, and the blessings. All of those were all positive and are. But with each verse, we also have uh, glaringly true to us death outside of the pathway of righteousness and, and the snares of life and, and death outside of the law of what wisdom would be. And so we stand at this divine intersection every day, choices that we have to make. I have to decide. I will tell you today emphatically, and I will not say this alone, many in this house can testify to the truth that one of the most difficult things about living for God is not having a made-up mind to live for God. Living for the Lord became so easy the day I said, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. And I removed every other option off the table. And so it's a choice that we have to make. And so it's not that some are born with some supernatural strength. It's not that some have just this extra measure of righteousness in their heart and in their life about them. No, no. It's just that somewhere they decided. They decided. And it's a choice that we all have to make. As for me in my house, one writer said, I'm going to serve the Lord. I mean, Romans, Romans 8 and 7 says that the carnal mind is set against God, is not subject to the law of God. That means that they stand outside, these people stand outside of the blessings of reaping and sowing, but they are truly invested in the law of the curse of reaping and sowing. They stand outside of the line of the blessing of that, but they certainly are not outside of the line of the cursing of that. The word of God, it's so true, so sure, it's what one writer said, yea and amen, it's settled. And so I can debate it if I want to waste that breath, but it is already settled. Paul said in 2 Corinthians two fifteen and 16, I'm just paraphrasing this, but it's not taken out of context. He said in 2 Corinthians 2 and 15, for them that are saved, Paul said we, these preachers of the gospel is referring to are a sweet savor. Amen. But he said to others, we are the aroma of death. What an odd contrast. That one man would walk to the pulpit and, and some in that congregation would say, ooh, preach on, preach on, preach on, preach on. And somebody else would feel like, is he ever going to sit down? And I'm not talking about length of time, but I'm talking about content that is gnawing at our soul and our spirit. Someone has said, when it was all over, oh, I could have listened to another hour of that. While others were thinking, I didn't think it would ever end. It's all in the choices that we make. The word of God will feed us and lift us or... To others, he said, it is the aroma of death. Most likely, the language that Paul, I found this interesting this morning, that most likely the language that Paul is referring to here in Corinthians is a language used or even borrowed similar expressions that were common among the Jews of that day. And so, obviously, Paul's audience truly understood what he was saying. For instance, one writer would put this same scripture into these brackets, and he would say, as the bee brings honey home to the owner it also stings others and so is it with the word and the law of God to some it is sweet honey and to others it is oh oh let me out of this let me out of this 
And so the church is referred to often in scripture as salt and light, things that change their world and their perception. And so I would just ask us today, what are we doing? I want to I want to make sure the fragrance that we give is something that's pleasing and pleasant in the sight of God. In the nostrils of God, you can read it ever how you want to read it, but I'm going to tell you that Cornelius, when he was when he was in his life living every day, doing his very best, the scripture says that what you have done has been a sweet-smelling savor. The alms that you have given, the prayers, the things that you have offered has been a sweet-smelling savor. It's been a good thing. And so I would ask us today, what are we doing with our life? We have a choice. And while we have the ability, the strength, the wherewithal, to make the decisions. Today is the day to make that decision. Now, I don't want to wait until it's too late. I don't want to wait until I'm right there at the last minute. I don't want to hinge all of my bets. I want to place them on just making sure I get right just before I take my last breath. I have an opportunity today. You have an opportunity today. That may not be true tomorrow. It may not be true an hour from now. And so I want to make a choice. I want to make sure that the word of God, that same word that will judge me and that will judge you, amen, I want to I apply that word to my life today and let the spirit of the Lord minister in my heart and give him everything that I have. The scripture is abundantly clear. There are do's, there are don'ts. Amen. He's a jealous God, as scripture declares, I don't want you to have any other gods before me. Don't make any idols. Amen. I, I, I want to be everything in your life. I want to be everything. And you know what? I want to keep him that everything. I don't want the Lord to feel as though he's in competition for my mind, my affection, my time. I realize that, that the practical side of all of this is that many, if not most of us, have something bidding for our attention that we have to do when this service is over. But I don't want God to pick up in my spirit that I'm trying to rush through this because I've got something better to do or somewhere better to be. But I want him to know that this is the most important moment that I could ever experience right here in your presence. The word of God is open. Someone is teaching, preaching, speaking, declaring, proclaiming that word. I want that word to be a sweet-smelling savor. And so here's the challenge. If the word ever stinks, we better do an, an, an evaluation. If the, if the word ever starts pinching us, we need to decide and do something about that. Amen. I want the word of God to be a sweet thing. I want to love it. I want, I want, it, I want it to challenge me, but I want to love it in my heart. Amen. At the core. Let's stand together. Can we do that? Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. And I ask you to let this word be sealed in our heart and our lives. Minister to us today, God, as only you can. Be our strength now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 
or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.